Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This being a family radio show, I prefer not to use any other word about this. And I gather from listening to you that nobody else wants to (laughs) insert a word about it. That was a fabulous topic, and I know that the reaction has been tremendous here. It's going to fill seven shows. (laughs) At least. But it goes to show, how are you going to solve UFO situation, assuming it's not all conventional, I don't think it is, if organizations will not cooperate with one another? I mean, I ran into another situation like this as a, someone who ran a teenage flying saucer club back in the 60s and met somebody named Alan. And I won't mention his last name, Katz. And I don't care what he does now. This is a thousand years ago. Anyway, so we agreed to merge our organizations. Then one day, for no reason that I can discern, he says, no, it's off. I'm not going to do it. And then he puts an announcement in Flying Saucers magazine, the magazine published by Ray Palmer, in their Flying Saucer Club News, and says, we're independent now and we're going to go on because we believe in freedom. What? I mean, wacky people out there. It's, it's, it's not just UFOs. Don't feel bad. Any field of study you're doing that's somewhat off the mainstream, uh, that's not quote-unquote peer-reviewed and scientific, people are going to do nothing but infight. Um, as you know, I've spent 30 years researching the Whitechapel murders. And, you know, you, you put five ripperologists in a room, you're going to have fists flying within an, an hour. Um, no one wants to share information. They all want credit. They all want this and that. And it's backstabbing and infighting in every field. Um, in sports writing, it's the same thing. Um, the problem with something that's not peer-reviewed is too many people want to make it about them and not about the topic. So don't feel bad if other people in something you're studying or researching or media about it. It's it's like that everywhere. Well, that does not surprise me. Or it surprises me not. No. No, it shouldn't. It's sad, but it's true. If we're all supposed to have the same goal, why can't we just work together? Well, because most people are into it. Either A, they think they're going to get rich doing it, which they're not. Or B, they think they're going to get famous doing it, which they're not and they don't want to share credit or limelight and yeah you'll meet a handful of of people in any field that are genuinely good researchers and people you might want to work with but they're few and far between but they are out there so don't lose hope people well part of it is of course that people think that they're going to become rich and famous by having a flying saucer club or a book you know, or we get this when we do a show with somebody who wrote a book. Oh, that person's just appearing on the show because they want to get rich selling books. Well, after somebody spends year, two, three, whatever, to research and write a book, how many of those people get even a fraction of what they deserve at any normal minimum wage for the work they did? You don't. <laughs> Um, the, the only way to make money off a book is to already be famous or get very, very lucky. Um, I always laugh to people that, you know, I've been a researcher and a writer my entire life and I've done everything from sports to, uh, ripperology to history and the most successful thing I've ever written by far was the wrestling book I did. And it's like, you know, all these, the serious historian and researcher and, 
yeah, it's the wrestling book that everybody cared about. <laughs> and that's, you know, now I'm pigeonholed as, oh, you're, you're the wrestling guy. I'm like, yeah, but forget the 30 years of stuff I did before that. <laughs> so you, you never know. Well, certainly with John Keel, the only book that he did that was really, really something special in terms of outside the UFO field, The Mothman Prophecies, made into a sci-fi horror film. How many years was he writing before that book came out? And and to be fair, the book was a phenomenon, but do you think he got rich off of that book? Until the movie rights were bought. I mean, it had sales to a niche audience. More successful than most books in, in that field. But but seriously, like you said, he probably didn't ever make up what he'd spent doing it on that book until he sold the movie rights. And it's a shame, too, because it really is a great book. I recommend the book to everybody. Even people that didn't like the movie, go read the book. It's phenomenal. Well, remember, too, the movie was very different from Eric in the sense that it was a horror film, not something that was factual. It wasn't a documentary. And Richard Gere does not look like John Keel. No. They called him no. John Klein. <sighs> you know. You know, I didn't understand that um, because they had bought the rights. They could have used the name. So that that was always something I would I would have loved to have been in the meeting that decided that, um, because you, you paid for the rights to the name, you could have used it. I, I don't know why they didn't. I kind of thought in general, which means nothing, that one reason it was done is they didn't want to connect it to any real person. They want it's a fiction movie, therefore the name should be fiction. It shouldn't have the names of real people in it. And maybe that was a creative decision. Hollywood does things that we do not understand. You know, well, it, buy it, go ahead. Yeah. Exactly. I would have said if that movie was made thirty or forty years earlier, I would have said, Oh, they probably changed the name to not make it as ethnic. Even though the change they made in that made it more ethnic in a way. Um, so I, I had no idea why why they would do that, but uh, it, it worked either way. And you're right; it probably was just to avoid confusion with people living or dead. You could put that in the credits. Sounds like Dragnet. <laughs> <laughs> Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Or what they do on Law and Order: ripped, rather ripped off, ripped, ripped. Let's do it that way from the headlines. In other words, ripped off from something where they take a real episode and then they play around with it and they change it. But the core episode, a lot of people will recognize, but then they change it enough so it's only partly recognizable. They can't get sued for it, but they can still leverage the publicity. All right. You're still talking about Law and Order now because if you start bash and dragnet there's going to be fists thrown i think you, you, you do not do not diss dragnet okay we're not going there jack well Webb the other thing is sacred. remember yeah jack webb was also someone who was interested in ufos and had a large library too so you know the guy is in terms of ufo people one of us i guess and he was Jack friggin' Webb. I mean, it was just as cool as can be. And and one of the great jazz aficionado, uh, jazz aficionados in the world. Yeah, unfortunately, what he lived to what fifty something, and he died of a heart attack, which is so unfortunate because he could yeah. have had a lot of years of good production. And this Dragnet series, radio. TV, a reboot with the same character, but with a different sidekick, because I think the original sidekick, Ben Alexander, was dead. So we got Harry Morgan. But it was the same show, the same presentation. He wrote and directed many of the episodes. So he was a workaholic, and maybe he just overworked himself. Too bad about it. He also, you know, was a severe asthmatic who smoked four packs a day. (laughs) 
Okay, we'll get into more of this with Gene, Brian, Tim. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. It's obvious the unthinkable continues. Most Americans know something very wrong is happening. People in charge keep telling you that everything's fine and to stop noticing. But you know better. That's why self-reliant folks are investing in emergency food storage. And you should, too. My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, are the ones you can trust. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $200 on each three-month food kit you purchase. My Patriot Supply also sells solar generators, gravity-powered water filters, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship that same day and arrive quickly on your doorstep in unmarked boxes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com today. Time is running out to prepare for what's coming. MyPatriotSupply.com Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Yes, there are always scenes there where they light cigarettes and they pass cigarettes. Can I have one? Yes, as you say, that may be one of the reasons why he had this premature ending. Yeah. I mean, I was a lifelong smoker, um, but I wasn't as severe asthmatic as he was. 
you know, his doctors told him from an early age, you probably shouldn't smoke with all your problems. And that was in, in the forties when everybody was told to smoke, it was medicinal. You know, he was told back then not to, but, uh, Jack didn't do anything halfway. And look at the other shows, Emergency, One Adam 12, you know, all the shows he created and produced. And people forget how groundbreaking the original radio show and then the first incarnation of the TV show, those episodes are so dark they wouldn't be able to do them on TV today. Interesting fact about Dragnet. He wanted this to be accurate. Accurate representation of the Los Angeles Police Department at a time when there was lots of corruption with the real department. But anyway... He would alter the sound effects to the point where if he stepped from one room to another, like an interrogation room at a L.A. police precinct, the number of steps he takes is the exact number of steps you take in the real interrogation room. That's how much effort he put in to make it at least seem real. And it was. Those radio shows, I mean, I'm an old-time radio fan to begin with. I, I, I listen to it all, a ton of it all the time. And the old Dragnet shows are so great, um, with Ben Alexander on the radio, too. It was very realistic. They were actually cases taken from the files. I'm not so sure about the 60s episodes. You know, they really had a thing against them hippies smoking that, that marijuana you know, it was a little too obsessive in the 60s episodes, and they were a little campy, but still wonderful. But some of those early 50s episodes, very dark, frighteningly realistic and gritty detective stories on some of them. Uh, you got to give him credit. I don't think most people had the nerve to do that when he did. You can hear a lot of those shows now, by the way, on the Sirius XM satellite network on Radio Classics. And the host of the show, Greg Bell presents interesting background about the various players in the stories and what other things they did, what movies they did. More importantly, when I used to do my technology radio show, the Tech Night Out Live, we wanted to look at the technology of taking radio shows from the 1930s and 40s and making them listenable to current audiences. We had Greg Bell on the show. Really nice guy. It's called Radio Classics, and I think right now it's on Sirius XM channel 148 i think that's predominantly u.s and canada so wherever you're living folks look up radio classics and you'll see it if you don't get the broadcast you can also buy it can cost a lot of money but you can also buy some of your favorite shows and dragnet is amongst them yeah a lot of them you can actually buy fairly cheaply now uh through some sources a lot of those shows became public domain a lot of old radio shows and there are people that will put compilation CDs together or MP3s with, you know, 100 episodes on a disc that you can get for relatively cheap. And uh, old-time radio is such a such a great thing. And, and even we're, here we are talking about UFOs, Men in Black, and science fiction. Look at some of the great science fiction and science fiction writers of old-time radio where you had radio scripts by guys like Arthur C. Clarke and Ray Bradbury and Arch Obler and all these great writers writing some of the best science fiction ever for radio. X minus one. No, you got to go X, X, X minus one, one, one. <laughs> X, X, X minus, minus, minus one. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know one show i was listening to the other day it was superman on radio this came out like a year or two after the comic was out now the person who played superman on radio for most of those years was a guy named clayton bud collier and what he did was something that christopher reeve borrowed i'm sure he must have been familiar with this when he did superman the movie where you have Clark Kent with this kind of gentle tenor voice. And then he deepen his voice when he's ready to become his other self. This is a job for Superman. You know, that kind of thing. I can't do it as effectively as he did. He later became a quiz show host on TV. And you look at him and you say, this can't be a Superman. But it doesn't matter on the radio. No, I mean, and you know, he became a pretty 
pretty successful uh, quiz show host. I mean, didn't he do like the original Beat the Clock? Yes, I remember actually seeing that where you go into the studio, you get tickets, go to the studio and see the show. At that time, they were doing it live in New York City. Beat the Clock, Bud Collier. Hmm. Now, obviously, of course, when you hire an actor to play Superman in a TV show or movies, you have to have somebody who sort of physically looks the part. I think the best-looking Superman was not George Reeves from the 50s. It was Kirk Allen, who was a former dancer and actor. He looked very much like the Superman of the comic books. And he also did this variation in voices as Clark Kent and Superman. The two problems with it, the producer, Sam Katzman, was very cheap. And so they didn't have any good flying effects. They used cartoons. So when he takes off, he becomes animated. That was the one thing that kind of turned me off about it. As far as Kirk Allen is concerned, he did the two films, Superman, Adam Man versus Superman, where they introduced Lex Luthor, played by Lyle Talbot. And the same year that actor played Commissioner Gordon in a Batman movie serial. So just think about that for a moment. The arch villain and Batman's best friend in law enforcement. Same actor. Anyway, after that, they wanted to make the TV show and start with like a TV or short movie, which was Superman, the Mole Man. He didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be typecast. And that's when George Reeves was hired. But Kirk Allen's career He did one more series about a character called Blackhawk, an adventure character from the comics, and did do very much more, except in Superman the movie. There's a scene where the young Clark Kent is racing and trying to beat a train. In the train, there are three people, but in some of the cuts of the movie, you don't see them. There was a woman, played by Noel Neal, who played Lois Lane, of course, in the movie serial and on Adventures of Superman. There was Kirk Allen, and then somebody playing the young Lois Lane. But you really have to look twice to see it. And as I said, you may not see it because Superman the movie had some different cuts. But they always did that. You know, they always tried to recognize the earlier players. Even Jack Larson, who played Jimmy Olsen, played other characters in some of the Superman movies, like he played a bartender and Superman Returns, but in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, he played the old Jimmy Olsen when he takes this thing that makes him into an old man. I'm getting old just thinking about it. Brian, Gene, Tim, you're in. Superman, I I mean, the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. update. This Sunday, Texas not backing down after a standoff with the federal government over razor wire put up in the town of Eagle Pass to keep illegal aliens out. Republican Governor Greg Abbott refusing to remove the razor wire that is keeping people from coming into our country. Bipartisan bill would be good for America and help fix our broken immigration system and allow speedy access for those who deserve to be here. 
And Congress needs to get it done. President Biden campaigns in South Carolina ahead of the Democrat primary in that state, which is coming up on Saturday, February 3rd. He claims Bidenomics is working, but a Pew Research poll finds 72 percent of Americans worried about soaring food prices. Others worried about the cost of a home. Wife Jill campaigning in Columbia, South Carolina as well. And I'm Laura Winters, USA News. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. He could change the course of mighty rivers. Ben Steele in his bare hands. Forget about it. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> like that. I, I'm going to go on. To, I'm going to talk about Superman still, too, because... As great as Superman as he was, and, and you're right, he had the barrel chest, he had that Superman look. T- to me, maybe it's my age, but Christopher Reeve was so great as Superman because he just, first off, he was big, but not imposingly big. I mean, he was six four and, you know, solid, but nothing freakish. And he just had such an all-American boy look to him that Superman should have had. And all it took was a pair of glasses to make him really look like Clark Kent in the comic books. It was also the attitude. He switched his persona to this nerd with this fairly high-pitched tenor voice. The other thing is here, before he did Superman, he worked out with David Prowse, who, of course, was a bodybuilder and played Darth Vader without the voice. They didn't use his voice. They used James Earl Jones. But he trained Christopher Reeve where he put on like 20 pounds of muscle. So he was a lot bigger and more imposing than he was in person. He was a thin, tall guy. Compare that, for example, to Henry Cavill, who plays him in the movies, and he really bulked up. He was not as tall as Christopher Reeve, maybe six foot, six foot one, but he really, really bulked up. And Tyler Hecklin, who plays him in the Arrowverse TV series, like Superman Lois for the CW, he also is very muscular, but he's not as tall. He doesn't look as tall and imposing. He's just around six feet, but he does have the muscular attitude and he doesn't wear a padded uniform nor did henry cavill whereas george reeves did wear a somewhat padded uniform so now we got to talk about dean kane being from buffalo dean kane was drafted by the buffalo bills and would have been a buffalo bill if he didn't hurt his knee so apparently superman can't play football 
I think he had a good build for Superman. He just, there was something too baby about him. His voice was not imposing enough. I think his voice was too thin to be Superman. He should have taken voice lessons. Christopher Reeve had a natural voice for it. Henry Cavill did. George Reeves and Kirk Allen did. Tyler Hecklin. Also, Brandon Routh, who played Superman Returns and played another version of Superman on the CW TV shows. They all had the voices. Dean Cain sounded better as Clark Kent because his voice suited him. As Superman, no. Didn't have the proper resonance. Sorry about that. I'm just surprised no one's asked me to be Superman yet. And guess what? If they do, it's going to be on radio. Exactly. I have the perfect face and body for Radio Superman. (laughs) That's right. We'll have to audition you later on. But you see, that's where things could be interesting. They're still doing, of course, cartoons of Superman where any voice actor who has the cred in terms of with the right presentation can do it. doesn't matter what they look like. Just like they did in radio. I mean, who was the shadow? Orson Welles? Who? Of course, Orson yep. Welles later on became very bulky. But you yes. think of him as a shadow. The person who looked like the shadow, and they had movies in the 40s that were terrible, the one person I think pulled it off was Alec Baldwin in the movie version of The Shadow. I think he had the right look as Lamont Cranston and wearing the uniform as The Shadow. Unfortunately, now, of course, he's got this legal problem with the movie Rust where the bullets were real, not dummy bullets, not blanks, and somebody got killed. So that kind of killed off his career and might send him to jail. But in the 90s, when they did The Shadow, I thought it was really good over the top, unfortunately, because they wanted to make it into a series, I think. But someone who was familiar with the original character would have enjoyed it. And after you see the beginning where he goes to the Orient and becomes this arch criminal and learns the ways of criminals, and you think at the beginning of Batman Begins, where Bruce Wayne does the same thing, and you think, which influenced what? And they say Batman was influenced by the shadow, so they did it again. When they made Batman Begins. Batman was absolutely influenced by the shadow. You know, I, it's funny because I haven't seen that Baldwin version of the shadow probably since it came out. And just going through the archives of my memory now going, yeah, actually, he was pretty good in that. And it's hard to think that, oh, my God, that was Alec Baldwin because he became so different later in life. Then, like, but like you said, the, the voice is what mattered in radio. It was theater of the mind. There's a great story with the legendary actress uh, Mercedes McCambridge. You know, an Oscar winner, a Tony winner, um, every award known to, 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 to man she won, and she was the star of stage, screen, and radio. And she was asked later in life of all the genres she's worked in. You know, what was your favorite? And expecting her to say theater, because that's what everybody says on those interviews. And she says, oh, without question, it was radio. Hmm. Because when you do radio, you, the listener, are the set designer, the director, the lighting editor, the sound editor. It's all in your mind. It's theater of the mind. And we're there to take over your mind. And then you paint the picture. And she's right. That was the magic of radio. And old-time radio, will st- it still holds up today. And they become very descriptive to give you an image of what's going on. Like, pick up that rock over there at your left. Okay, and yeah. you hear the sound of gravel, and it's a western, and you pick up the rock. They add a few words in the script to describe what's going on. This way, you don't just have a quick dialogue. Where are you? I hear a voice on the left. I wonder who it is. You know, something like that. They have to explain where you are and give a few words. Just a few words. Sells it. But then you envision what these people look like. When it goes on TV, well, you know, it's like William Conrad played Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. James Arness, six foot four guy, the brother of the star of Mission Impossible, okay? He played him on TV. William Conrad is a short, stout guy. 
And he wanted to be on TV after doing it on radio. So they went to the office to have an audition to show you, look, even though I'm stout, I'm an effective guy, I could do it. And he did TV shows. But he sat down in the chair to talk to a producer, and he tried to get up. He was so fat he couldn't get up. There you go. Uh, radio folks, old-time radio, there are scripts that were used for horror shows in old-time radio that were eventually used for film and television that worked a thousand times better on radio. I mean, if people can go out and find episodes like, you know, Thing on the Forble Board or uh, Sorry, Wrong Number, which is a script that's been done countless times in television and movies, but that radio episode will have you terrified as you're listening to it because, as Gene said, it's theater of the mind. By the way, as I was saying before, Jim Arness's brother is Peter Graves. Okay? All right? He also played that crazy role in the movie Airplane. (laughs) He also narrated one of the best um, documentaries in the 70s on cryptids. Um, a great Bigfoot documentary that's it's so wonderful, hosted by Peter, narrated and hosted by Peter Graves, because Graves had that great voice and it was serious no matter what. And he's doing this really dated and wacky documentary. Now, just to give you a historical thing here, so we have Mr. Phelps is played by Peter Graves. When they make the movie with Tom Cruise as the star, they hired John Voight to be Mr. Phelps. <laughs> Now, that's fine. He's a pretty good actor. Let me tell you the twist. We've got Tim. We've got Gene. We've got (laughs) Brian. This episode will self-destruct if you don't listen to these announcements. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, this is Sophie Winnick, longtime distributor and user of Longevity products. In the last few years, my family went through a crisis. Everything else in my life, including my business, had to be put on the back burner. Thankfully, life is getting back to normal now. But the one thing I never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission. I've been a distributor for Longevity for over 17 years, since before it was Longevity. And I've got to say, the most amazing thing about this company is the people. While my family was in crisis, other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do, even for people they don't know. For me, it has never been about getting rich. It was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. 
I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers. There's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. I am a non-attorney spokesperson representing a team of lawyers who help people that have been injured or wronged. If you've been involved in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or injured at work, you have rights, and you may be entitled to money for your suffering. Don't accept an offer you get from an insurance company until you talk to a lawyer. And we represent some of the best personal injury lawyers you can find. Tough lawyers that will fight to win your case. And they're so good, they stake their reputation on it by only getting paid if you win. So if you've been in a serious car, truck, or motorcycle accident, or hurt on the job, find out today for free what kind of compensation you may be entitled to. Call the legal helpline right now. 800-524-3810-800-524-3810-800-524-3810. That's 800-524-3810. This is James Fox, director of The Phenomenon and Moment of Contact. You're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, John Voight plays Mr. Phelps. Turns out he was a villain in the movie that set up the character of Ethan Hunt. And they're still making Mission Impossible movies, but the only thing about them is, and I think they're good, I think they're fun, is that the big thing about it is that Tom Cruise does a death-defying stunt in every movie, an impossible stunt, dropping off a plane, climbing up the side of a big skyscraper, whatever crazy thing that any normal person would say, hey, he could die from that. And maybe that's how Tom Cruise wants to go, well, I have no idea. I know, let him do it. This, by the way, is our final segment of the main show with Brian Young, Gene Steinberg, Tim Swartz. We will have Brian back, by the way, for After the Paracast podcast, where there is no censorship except for the things that, yeah, except for the things we could be sued for. Check the Paracast.plus, the Paracast.plus. Let's get back to the paranormal about the UFO field, about men in black, about disinformation. Now, we know that private people like Jim Mosley and Gray Barker played hoaxes, John J. Robinson. I think Tim Swartz, our friend Tim Beckley, played a few over the years. Uh, Do you recall those? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Now that you put me on the spot, I can't. (laughs) I can picture Tim being hoaxed many times by these people. (laughs) I don't ever think of him as gullible, though. I was no, thought he was a pretty, he, pretty stand-up he guy. Yeah, he published some pretty wacky books. But as an individual, he had a serious interest in UFOs. He thought there was something to it. And I knew him mm-hmm. for, what, 40 years or 50 years or something. Never once did I catch him in a lie. No, and I don't think he was gullible either. But I think that's why people could have hoaxed him. Because they knew he would look into it and research it. Because he was serious and he wanted to find it. And people could hoax him for that just for, you know, giggles. That's always a possibility. I mean, because Tim wanted to hear these stories. And though, I mean, he would admit to me a lot of times that, you know, such and such person is probably just lying lying through their teeth on something. But he was always willing to give somebody a chance to tell their story. He was a great guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I was just—I was just thinking about him the other day, and uh, just uh, 
<laughs> miss his craziness because he had the type of personality, you know, that he would get on to a jag on something. And boy, I mean, he'd be hot and heavy on it for quite a while. And then something else would catch his interest. And then off he'd go in that direction. I miss his emails. <laughs> he would send emails. Folks, they were wonderful. They would paragraph to paragraph would have nothing to do with each other and sometimes it would be photocopies of things from a magazine from 40 years ago like <laughs> a suit ad or something you know you never knew what you were going to get they were wonderful and it was just his sense of humor and his personality and he was just he was a, just a great guy infectiously fun <laughs> and uh, i miss him i know um Peter Robbins, who is going to be on our show in the uh, near future, uh, told me a story about when he first kind of got into the whole UFO field, you know, when he was younger. And uh, he had gone to a conference and, you know, was uh, dressed up in a suit and tie and everything like that. And Beckley was there and he had never met Beckley before. And Robin shared a ride to uh, uh, go back to New York, and Beckley was in the vehicle. And Beckley was dressed as, you know, Beckley always dressed. I mean, he had like a loud shirt and probably, you know, gold chains around his neck and that sort of thing. And Robin's didn't initially think too much of him, but he said that on the ride home, Beckley was in the front seat and turned around and started talking to him, regaling him with stories, making jokes, and he said that by the time they got back to New York, he was a fan of Beckley and then his friend for the rest of Beckley's life. Well, I'll tell you one thing, another thing about Beckley, and that is, as a businessman, he was honest, never rich. So I did some work for him. I helped do production work on his books and magazines and some editing in the late 80s, early 90s, that sort of thing. And when I needed the money, he sent it. He always paid on time or ahead of time. He always paid the amount he agreed on. I mean, it's not something where he had lots and lots of money, but he was pretty straight. The unfortunate thing here is because he got involved in these limited fields, although he did meet a lot of famous people, never made a lot of money. No, no, but you know, someone like Tim Beckley, I don't think it would have mattered if he did make a lot of money. I don't think anything would have changed about his personality, his lifestyle, the way he lived, the way he acted, the way he dressed. Money or no money, nothing would have changed with him. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. And he was the type of guy, too, that if he did have the money, he would find ways to share it with you. That's what he always did with me. He would get an idea for, you know, uh, some kind of work and ask me to do it, send me money, I'd do the work, he'd send me more money. Or uh, there was one time during the pandemic where just out of the blue, he ordered a bunch of stuff for a bunch of us from Amazon to be delivered to our house. And just, you know, like one day he emailed me and said, oh, you're going to be getting some stuff from Amazon. He goes, I just felt like uh, sending everybody a little something. And it was, you know, like, uh, uh, gosh, what was it? It was like, you know, iced coffee and just other knickknack stuff you know, like that. Help get everybody through the pandemic, as he said. <laughs> how does that not make everybody out there in, in radio land, how does that not make you smile that that's just... Random things like that he would just send people. I mean, like it, they're almost like his emails. There's no rhyme or reason to a lot of them, but it always made you feel good. And this heart was in it. That oh, was yeah. one thing. He Definitely. always tried to do a decent job, and he always explored new things. Like a lot of people came out with books that seemed thoroughly wacky, <laughs> and probably they were, but he would publish them with the same seriousness as he published something from real serious people in the UFL field. And I know, I think a lot of that you've picked up, Tim, with some of the books you've come out recently, where you get a collection of people who are really smart, really know their stuff, and they write chapters for you. I'm not, of course, talking about myself because I've done two so <laughs> far and I'm working on a third, but all the people who really know what they're doing. We get in there and you put that together, and I think in that way, not just putting out a book and hoping that three or four people will buy a copy. You're honoring Tim Beckley's memory, Tim. Oh, yes, he also, absolutely. He also saves the forewords for the smartest people. 
<laughs> hey, speaking of smartest people, Brian Young, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do, where do they check you out? They can check me out on Transatlantic History Ramblings Podcast. It's an international podcast hosted by myself in New York and the wonderful Lauren Davies out of Swansea, Wales in the UK. It's a weekly podcast. We discuss anything and everything we want to talk about in history, in the fields of the paranormal, you name it. We've talked about it from we've had Nobel Prize winning physicists, award winning actors. And this week's episode that just went out a couple days ago features the wonderful Tim Schwartz. So, yeah, Transatlantic History Ramblings available pretty much every podcast platform. You can uh, check it out there. Hey, you can find us on Twitter, Threads, and Facebook if you look for The Paracast. You can check out Tim Swartz's stuff at ConspiracyJournal.com or Amazon. He's always got loads of stuff. We also offer branded merchandise at TheParacast.shop. TheParacast.shop. Four logos to choose from. Pick the stuff you like and get it really quickly delivered. We offer a premium subscription service called the Paracast Plus at theparacast.plus for easy sign-up. We give you this show, free of the network ads, better audio, and the exclusive bonus after the Paracast podcast where you never know what's going to happen next. And Brian Young is going to happen on this week's episode. Lowest rates ever. Check it out. Theparacast.plus. Theparacast.plus. Brian Young, it's been a romp. Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure. And I I love talking to you guys. The Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream for the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level.